Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back on the TV shows and movies and cartoons and whatnot of our youth to see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I am Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we're doing, uh, today we're kind of not doing a uh, user request. Uh, Today we're just doing an episode to sort of break it up. Uh, Something that we both wanted to do, we had talked about doing. We've been talking about doing it for a long time. Yeah, and uh, we thought, why not just throw it in here? And uh, that show is... Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, Sonic the Hedgehog is also known as Sat AM, and that's because there are technically two different Sonic sh- Sonic the Hedgehog animated series that came out around the same time. Yeah, and this one uh, because it's called Sat AM because it was a Saturday morning cartoon. The it other had- one was done in the afternoon after school. Yeah, uh, so you had one that was a a daily show, a daily Sonic show that was. It has more, a lot more episodes. Yeah, it has it has like 65 or 64 episodes in the first season. That's the not the one we covered, but that one is the more comedic sort of, slapstick. Yeah, slapstick. It has the the uh, the chicken and dozer and monkey robots with with Robotnik and an obsession with chili dogs, which this this show that we covered, the Sonic Sat AM, also has chili dog references, but it's not nearly as as profound. Prolific, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Do you have memories of the show? I do. Uh, I remember both shows, actually. I remember this one, and I, I was confused. It was one of those things where I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a, you know, real Ghostbusters, Slimer in the real Ghostbusters type situation where one of the shows was on first and then it got more kitty centric. Yeah. But, like, the, that's, like, and that's what I thought yeah. happened. Uh, because you had the one show, the the Saturday morning show, that was much more serious, much more dark, and then you had the other show that was on on weekdays that was much more comedic and much more slapstick and more like a Looney Tunes cartoon than anything. Right. So yeah, the, it's I, interesting that they're the difference. We'll kind of get yeah. into that in a minute. But I, I do remember it. I do remember it being. I, I remember the characters mostly because this one had a lot of uh, secondary characters that you got to know. Uh, it had um, secondary like villain characters too that you characters got to that know. we use like every every episode. Too. Yeah, so I, I I do remember the show. I remember the music, and I have to say that this is one where all the episodes that I watched, I listened to the theme song. Oh, each I time. definitely listen to the theme song. It's great. So it's it's uh, and the opening animation is awesome. Yeah, it's and pretty pumping. Not gonna lie. Yeah, and going back and rewatching it, like the story overall, I feel like is fairly compelling. I probably didn't realize it because this show came out in 1993, so we would have been 10 
or so. Right. And and you know, for for a little kid, for a ten year old, that's I, I it it seemed like a good enough story, like a serious enough, but also like yeah. action packed story that I that that I would have liked it. I, I mean, I remember more a lot like a lot of these shows. I remember the show rather than specific episodes. Yeah. I remember watching it. I remember enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, it's some shows for me, like DuckTales, I have very clear memories of very specific episodes. Like we talked about when we did that show last year. Mm-hmm. Other shows like this, I'm in the same boat with you in that it's more like I remember the show as a broader whole, more the feeling. But I definitely remember this show. I remember the other one. And I, in my mind's eye, before I... I built out the notes for this. I thought that this one came first and the other one came second and uh, that they were spread apart by several years, which I am wrong, but I'm also sort of right. Uh, And we'll get into that too. But I, I remember this as being the, I thought darker, smarter, more intelligent version of Sonic that we deserved. And the other one even as a kid, I thought it was a steaming pile of garbage. And, you know, when we... I think what put my mind into wanting to do this and put this on our schedule was last year when we collaborated with the Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom guys, mm-hmm. Joseph and Chris had... I think I don't think it, it got recorded, but we were kind of having conversation like on the side and we were talking about either... See the one we did with them or that they did with us. We were talking about, I think, the, the mention of Sonic got brought up. And they had done an episode on the, the chili awful dog one? chili dog one, and and how awful that was to watch, and uh, and we had like a good conversation about. It. I said, yeah, I don't know if I could do that, but I definitely want to do the good one. They said that yeah, they hope that they get to do that one too because it's a better one. And and I so I, I've sort of been vaguely thinking about it since then. I kept putting it on the list and pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down, and then we decided to bump through a bunch of our user requests and and so i said no i want to do it and we're doing it so here we are yeah so this this show the the actual title of this show is sonic the hedgehog full stop yeah the chili dog one is called the adventures of sonic the hedgehog yes so that's how you differentiate them so sonic the hedgehog the cartoon was based on obviously sonic the hedgehog the video game series that debuted, I want to say, around the same time. It was like the early 90s. It might have been... It the original been... Sonic the Hedgehog game yeah. came out in 1991. Yeah, so... It's... The release date is June 23rd, 91. So this... this For this show to be uh, debuting in... Uh, the show debuted in uh, September of 1993. And for it to have debuted then, they probably started working on it in 1992, I would think. At least late 1992, because it takes a while for a show like this to get put together. And they probably did all 13 episodes of the first season, or what is it, 20? Yeah, 13 episodes of the first season, probably in 1992. So whatever, it was It was probably close after the, su- the success of the Sonic the Hedgehog series from Sega. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is games take a while to develop, mm-hmm. right? They don't just like get made overnight either. And, you know, Sonic 3, for instance, didn't get released until February of 94. So it got released before this show ended. Yeah. But it started development back in 92. So development for Sonic 3 was happening when this show was getting made. Yeah. And there was which a... is why that there's a few elements in the Sonic Adventure show that has, like, the monkey and the droba and all these, like, characters mm-hmm. 
And and this one this one has uh, tails in it, mm-hmm. right? And and it has uh, mention of the chaos gems, but they call them other stuff. power stones. Power stones, but but I mean the the idea is still there. And the the show and the the game the game came out first, and I and I what I imagined is the game came out in ninety one. It was a wild hit. They said, hell yeah, let's make this cartoon show. And so they started working on it around the same time that they were working on Sonic 2. Mm. Sonic 2 came out, still an even bigger hit, and then this show got released. So that's, I would imagine that that's, that that's what happened. Yeah. Now, the, the second series, you know, as I was mentioning before, there's some debate about which one came first. Um, Wikipedia and IMDb both list the other said show that will remain nameless i'll name it the adventures of sonic the hedgehog uh, brings me pain uh, beetlejuicing it right now oh god <laughs> beetlejuice 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 i'd rather do that get it out um so this series this one is listed as coming out second as second but that's not true because as it turns out this show today was conceptualized first and they'd already built out storyboarding for it and the longer running chili dog version was created from the production storyboarding from this series. Mm. So this one, although technically was had a release date on TV after the other one, well, it yeah. was in production first. Well, the other one, I feel like the production value for the other one was way less. way so, less. So this one had much higher production value. It had, I think, much better voice acting, even though... The voice actor for Sonic is the same in both series. It's it's Jaleel White. Right. So, I don't know. It, it just seems like the, the quality was a lot less on the other show. So, it probably took a lot a lot shorter to produce the damn thing. I think part of it was, was some of the story concepts. Because, you know, The Adventures is a sort of more, as, we, as you mentioned, sort of comical. Sort of like a happier show and this one kind of had concepts that were really unusual for a children's saturday morning cartoon show like losing loved ones to war yeah i mean that's like touched on in several episodes here yeah and abc actually requested that the second season include like more humor uh get rid of some of the darker elements and change some of the the outfits for the characters so that they weren't naked Mm -hmm. um even redesigning some of the characters too so that they were sort of friendlier looking because the show was considered to be too dark yeah so the show itself takes place on uh the planet mobius the planet it's like a planet slash city kingdom called mobius and uh the the characters in the show it's weird the characters in the show except for two of them are all anthropomorphic animals Everyone's an anthropomorphic animal, whether they're a fox, a cat, a dog, a hedgehog, whatever. And then you have two human characters, which is Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, the two villains, which is Dr. Robotnik and then Snively. And the the series follows the uh, group of the group of animals that is led by Sonic and Princess Sally, who are freedom fighters fighting against Robotnik, who has taken over the planet 
and is and it's trying like the population. Yeah, he's trying in, to roboticize and turn them all into robots, which essentially kills people. Yeah, and turns them into robot versions of themselves. Yeah, and they call themselves freedom fighters. And it, it was funny as I as I was watching this. So oh my what, god, so many allegories. Well, no, what I, as I was watching it, I realized like, okay, I get it that they're the good guys and 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 uh, Robotnik is the bad guy. But essentially, what they are is terrorists. That, that's I, that's I, what they do. Okay, so so. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that because there is one of these episodes that I, you know, I'll just, I'm just going to show you because it's in my notes and I, I could not control it. Look, Sonic, Sally and Bunny set off to commit acts of terrorism on a totalitarian government with IEDs. Yeah. They synchronize their watches and Sonic sneaks in to set off the bombs. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's <laughs> like, it's crazy because they are the heroes. And they're constantly, and, and like I said, it's very so well. So that episode could never get yeah, made today. It's very well established in the show that Sonic and Sally and the Freedom Fighters are the good guys. And Robotnik is essentially evil and he is the bad guy. So you don't feel bad. But yeah, what they do, what they're doing is they're going in and they're setting up bombs in his factories and in his like. Right. In, so it's like Robotnik was a part of a, because Robotnik is the leader of the planet's military, of the, the kingdom's military. And so there's a military coup. He takes over a a kingdom, a, a uh, sort of family-lined dynasty, and, and takes over this kingdom and turns it into this totalitarian government. Robotnik is basically uh, Castro in Cuba. Yeah, yeah. Or the, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's something like the the uh, the new Iranian guard or uh, yeah. Gaddafi. Yeah, uh, I was or... gonna say he's he's like Gaddafi or he's like any one of those any one of those uh, military leaders that takes over a banana republic somewhere. Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, it's like oh, it's Nicaragua. Uh. Yeah, like uh, like uh, I said earlier in the uh, in the show, the the this show is based on Sonic the Hedgehog, which came out in 1991. Uh, it features the first game features just Sonic. It's Sonic uh, fighting against Doctor Eggman, Doctor Robotnik. It depends on where you're from. So if originally it's Doctor Eggman. They changed it to to Doctor Robotnik. I don't know why. I think because Doctor because Doctor Eggman doesn't sound threatening. He doesn't sound threatening, but he literally looks very egg like. And, and all I think of that his that's why yeah, and all of his all of his uh, style and everything is based around egg. I want to I want to say that that his big giant spaceship is called the Death Egg to be like the Death Star. He has a big giant like Death Star looking spaceship that has yeah. his face on it in some of the games. So you are uh, in the game. You're tasked with rescuing all the animals that have been yeah. captured by Robotnik, either enslaved in the Badniks, which is the little robots, or just trapped in the in the uh, storage units at the ends of each level. And it's a side-scrolling action platformer where you run really fast. It's, the character was created by Naoto Oshima, and you have this like rolling attack, and that that actually is designed by somebody else, Yuji Naka. And Sonic was created to be a replacement mascot for Alex Kidd. And uh, because his character looked too much, they felt like like Mario, mm -hmm. like big-headed humanoid. So they said, no, we're going to replace it with this character. And so they did. They replaced it with Sonic. Sonic became the new mascot for Sega. And it was like a wild success. It's now widely considered to be one of the best, most iconic games ever made. And there's, as I mentioned briefly er earlier, there's other Sonic games, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Sonic and Knuckles. Now, do you, and do you there know? is also Sonic Pinball and s some of these characters. Sonic Spinball, too. Uh, yeah, Sonic Pinball. Yeah, so, I mean, some of these characters, and I'll just say it now, 
the Sonic Spinball, you're right, Sonic Spinball came out in 93 for the Genesis, and it had characters from this show in it. So Princess Sally, Bunny, Rabot, Rotor, and Mutsky were all in that game. And then there was a prototype game that uh, originally was being worked on called Sonic 16, and that got reworked and turned into another game. But it originally had Princess Sally and Bunny as playable characters. So, I mean, there was originally planned for, like, this show to be part of the mythos. Yeah. And that got changed. I don't know why, but but it did. It got changed, so. Do you know what the the design basis for Sonic the Hedgehog was? I guess design's not the right word. Where the idea for the game came from? I remember this from, I don't remember where I, I found it. Somewhere online at some point. But the game was based on the creator, uh, Naoto Oshima. He was a big fan of Mario. And the thing about Mario, the original Mario Brothers, is there's warp zones where you can get to the end of the game in in short order. But you always had to play World 1-1. You couldn't ever, you could not skip World 1-1. Once you got to World 1-2, you could skip. There were warp zones. But 1-1, you always had to go through it. There were no shortcuts. So everyone who played the game would just rush as fast as they could through World 1-1 just to get to the end so that they could get to World 1-2 and have the warp zone to level 4. So the concept of the game came to him while he was basically speedrunning World 1-1 and he got the idea to create a game where you were a fast-moving character going through, going through lands just based on that first level that you always had to speed through. So that's where the concept of like the the game mechanics for Sonic the Hedgehog came yeah. from is super. The rolling thing came from a tech demo, yeah, uh, created by a programmer who I mentioned earlier. But but the concept of but the, the concept game, of running fast and stuff, yeah, you're right. Uh, did come from I, I don't I had heard that too, and I don't remember where I heard it from either. But yeah, I mean it's sort of interesting, and the, and the games are fun to play, and you know like we could do an entire. They're episode still fun. The I games. bought I bought the uh, the Sonic Retro Pack or whatever it was. They they released some game. Uh, not too long ago for Xbox I have them on One. My Pi. They're great. But no, they released a new one on Xbox oh, One uh, with new levels. I forget what it's called. But I have to be Sonic, honest. Sonic the games play or... better with a with a Super Nintendo controller. They do. They but do. that's because the Sega Genesis controller is flawed. But anyways, I don't yeah. want to get into that. So yeah. the production companies here are Deke Animation, Sega of America, Retitel... Jeez, uh, if I can even read that. Retitalia, and Serum Animation, Melometros, and... Apollo Stefan, Jesus Christ, Apollo Stefan Nissan Enterprises. Holy God, I've I've tried practicing that earlier. <laughs> I did, and that's the best I could do. I'm leaving all that in, by the way. Oh fuck you! <laughs> no, that's awful. No, no. God damn it. The so, producers <laughs> are uh, Andy Hayward and uh, Robbie London. And there were also a couple other producers who uh, produced like one, uh, like a pilot or, or, or produced uh, yeah. produced like certain episodes in season one and season two. Uh, there's a supervising producer, Len Jansen. Andy um, uh, Hayward, by the way, is the former chairman and CEO of Deke. So if you're wondering, you know how he's connected, that that's what it is. And he he used to work with uh, Barbara uh, on Yogi. So. Now, there are a number of writers for this show, so I don't want to really get oh into all God, of them. Oh my God, so many. Uh, it's one of those things where it's basically a, a different writer for every episode. Yeah, I originally started filling it out, and then I deleted it. I said, no, I'm not doing it. It's just too much. There's three directors, John Grust, Dix Sebest, and Ron Myrick. 
And the theme music is The Fastest Thing Alive by The Noisy Neighbors. And I can't find any information about them. But I just know I love that damn theme song. Yeah, the I theme, don't even care. The theme song is the theme song is great, and I love. I, I I noticed it every time I listened to it. But this is the era of this is the attitude era. Yeah, I have no. I have comments about the attitude where you have you have it's like the late eighties to he, the early nineties. Oh yeah, you have you have lots of different cartoons that make a point. They to, even tell you that he has an attitude. No, that's what I mean it's, in the lyrics. That, and that's not the only. That's not the only show that does that. There there are multiple shows that made a point to tell you that their main character or one of their main characters had attitude. You had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that Raphael is cool but rude. And then in yeah. Buck, in Bucky O'Hare in his theme song it, it mentions that that he has an attitude. So it was it was a it was a thing in the in the nineties in the late eighties early nineties that it was just the attitude era for cartoons where they, like you had that like rad dude has an attitude type of thing in all the cartoons. I I I feel like. We talked about this. We talked about this uh, in the last episode about rock and rule. How it, it it seems like this is what a middle-aged producer or writer would think in the kids in 1970s thought yeah, that would, like the rocking kids would be into. Yeah, and I feel like it's the same thing. This is like a this is but like of a, a different era. Yeah, a middle-aged like this is some this is some studio. It's exec. like, hey, look, I'm cool, guys. See, yeah, this is some look studio my exec shirt, coming I'm down. Real cool. going, yeah, they're coming down and they're saying we need this character to have more attitude. The kids are all into attitude these days. So we need to make sure that this that this character has attitude. Yeah, chili dogs are edgy, right, guys? Haha. <laughs> yeah. Get it, huh? So speaking of chili dogs, the favorite food of our main character, Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic is voiced by Jaleel White, who got his start as Steve Urkel on Family Matters back in 1989. He was actually in Dreamgirls, and uh, he was on Boston Public, and had voice work credits in Quest for Camelot and a bunch of other stuff. He hasn't done a whole lot lately, but... Not is it weird that every time I hear Jaleel White, I think of the Tobey Maguire Jeopardy sketch, where Tobey Maguire is pretending to be Keanu Reeves. And they, they ask the question, what, uh, the, the question is colors that rhyme with purple. And then he hits the buzzer and he goes, who is Jaleel White? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but every time I see Jaleel White or I think of Urkel, I think of that stupid ass skit. It's not even that funny, it's but like, not. God damn it. I just can't get over well, it. Let's talk about Sonic for a minute. Cause in the show, by the way, in the show, he, he's the most deus mocking hacks or motherfucker ever. He, he does have, he does have some, some whenever he needs to, he can beat the bad guy. He's never in any danger. Yeah. He always has a power ring when he needs it. Whenever the other characters need to be saved, Sonic always shows up. Yeah. There's and never a time when Sonic isn't the one who saves everybody. Yeah. He, He's never in danger. He is the hero. And what, what makes this character of Sonic different than the other characters the other show, Sonic, and even in the video game, Sonic, is that in the video game and in that other show, the the Adventures of Sonic, he can destroy the uh, the robots, the badniks. He can jump at them and and break them with his spines and defeat them. And in this one, the the badniks are all seemingly more imposing, more dangerous. 
And the most he can do is try and trick them, either by like running around them or or he sometimes creates but like see, whirlwinds. I didn't get that. I just seen almost like lazy writing because they had moments where Sonic does the buzzsaw thing and cuts through a wall. Yeah. So I mean, it's if he can cut through a giant steel wall, it can cut through a dumb robot. Yeah. I I don't know it. He he rarely he rarely takes on the robots directly. He usually does something, tricks them into doing he, something. He tricks or... them, or he he traps them somehow. He he yeah. And and you're right. Every so often he'll be trapped against the wall, and then remember that he can run up the wall. And he'll be like, oh no! And then he's like, got a jam! And then he'll run up the wall to get away. And the and the robots will be running at him, and they'll smash into the wall, and they'll explode. So it, he does have a lot of hacks. He uses a power ring, which in one of the episodes they explain. Actually, it's the episode that uh, the worst episode that we watched. They explain that the power ring lowest rated, lowest rip rated. Yeah, the the they explain that the power ring is generated every twelve hours from a machine that is powered by. Well, a see, they just say it stone. comes. It comes from this pool in the water. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know nothing yeah. about it. But they explain that they get one every 12 hours. And then Sonic goes down there and sees it comes out of some dumb machine. Yeah. So that it's his, like they that know. That his uncle made. So it turns out they do know where it comes from. It's a, some device that makes these power rings out of who knows what. And yeah. And then it gives him magic powers. And it, it's like when he touches it, he gets energized, but nobody else gets that effect. He's the, he's the only one that the power rings affect. Right. And, right. And it does, it supercharges him. And unlike in the game where you collect rings and they're essentially your life, when you uh, when he touches a ring in the show, he he turns into supersonic. If you remember that, when you get the shoe power up from the game and you run twice as fast as you did, he turns into supersonic and he can right. run super fast. There's like a flame that comes out of his feet and he can run up walls, do all kinds of crazy stuff. It, it's More super, hacks than he already yeah, is. Yeah, it supercharges his super speed. That's that's the power he gets. So he usually carries one around in his backpack and he touches it and it powers him up. And he he's generally joined in, so far, at least all the episodes we watched, by Sally Acorn. She's actually in every episode, just like Sonic. The two of them okay. are the only two characters that are in every episode oh, of the series. Yeah. Well, she is the princess of the planet who has been deposed, and she is, uh, she is the sort of love interest of Sonic. Yeah. Uh, he's interested in her. Sometimes she's interested in him, but not always. And... She seems to be the sort of brains of the operation. She yeah. has like a little portable PDA that that's uh that's now like her. That's the Deus Ex Machina. That right That is there. also well. There's multiple Deus yeah, Ex Machina. That's, that's, that's hers because that's hers. That, that thing has information on the entire planet, information on all kinds of stuff it shouldn't have information on. Even stuff that they've never seen, it automatically knows it. Yeah, it can analyze everything. Mm -hmm. It can pull up information about anything. And yeah, it's just a little full. It's like a tricorder. It's a little fold-up PDA. Yeah, and she's voiced by Kath Susie. Now I have to say, for for uh, let's see which which character's voice you think she sounds like the most. Uh, actually, I I read that this is just Kath Susie's normal speaking voice. Yeah, but of these character of all the characters that I put on there, and I put a lot of them. Um, of all the characters she on Who there, does she sound like in this show. Dexter's mom. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly it's what I thought. It's Dexter's and I, mom. And I have to say, and this is what I was gonna say, I have to say that just based on voice, because I'm I'm all about like audio, just based on voice, this is the sexiest fucking voice. Sonic is too smart to be fooled by a robot. Even a good one. Her her normal just speaking voice, like, oh my god. Like she 
that it's like her voice is just just normal speaking is just like super sensual like it just sounds amazing yo sal <gasps> oh oh sonic you scared me sorry i've been thinking oh trying something new are we funny she does have a really great voice like you know i i don't know because I'm not exactly sure what she looks like, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe voice and face match. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But she does have a great voice. Yeah. She and is, she, she's done a lot of voice work and she's, she's a great voice actress. Yeah. She's, she's pretty prolific. She's done stuff from Captain Rugrats. Pl yeah. Rugrats. She was Phil and Lil. She was Linka in Captain Planet. Janine from Ghostbusters. Yep. Your favorite, she was Kitty Pride in the Pride of the X-Men. Oh no, I was gonna say my well, Pride of the X-Men's my favorite. Her character is is not, but uh, Yvonne from Toxic Crusaders. Yeah. That that character is just awful. Now awful. If, if you've if you've never seen this show and you just hear our description of Sally being the princess of a planet who is also the leader of a group of freedom fighters. And that description elicits notions of another character from moviedom and literature. Do you, do you, do you know who I'm talking about? Teamed up with, teamed up with another sort of supernaturally powered character that helped her out. Who are you? Who, who are we getting at? Princess Leia. She's uh, essentially okay. She's yeah. essentially Princess Leia. She's she's a smart, take charge ruler of a planet. Who so is, then is Sonic a mix between Han Solo I think and Luke he is. Skywalker together? I think he is. Yeah, because he he's a super powered character like Luke. Yeah, I guess, and, and then Robotnik and then, would be Darth Vader. So yeah. this is essentially Star Wars, but yeah. with a hedgehog. Yeah. So Sonic is super powered, but he's also sort of like you know a, what? I never rogue. thought about that until right now. Really? Yeah. I never thought about that until <laughs> right now. But God, it's in there now. Yeah, it's, it's... in there. You've ruined it for me. <laughs> but that's the thing is like Sonic is kind of a jerk. He's super impatient. He um, look like he he most of the time he's looking out for like what's best for him. Even though he's a freedom fighter, he also looks out for the best of like he's he's a hero through and through. But he has moments where he's like selfish and he's impatient and he wants to do things his way and he doesn't want to wait for help. He doesn't want to wait for someone to like tell him what to do. He just wants to go do. So yeah, it's like he's kind of a jerk and Sally reels him in a lot of times and tells him no we need to wait and have a plan and like you said there there's but sort to be of, fair even when he goes in without one he ends up fine anyways yeah so he it's goes, not like it even there is no plan that's necessary there was an episode where where he was on a planet or he was on a, a floating island and he was being they he and sally were being chased by by uh stone tigers or something oh that dumb thing and, and, and he, his his plan was to jump off he's like i got a plan and they run and they jump off the the island sonic look not to worry sal i just had a brainstorm sonic whoa oh why didn't i think of this we'll be cool sal trust me And they're like, this was your plan? We're going to die. And she's like, well, what do we do now? It's like, I didn't think that far ahead. And I was like, really? That's that's what you got. Yeah. But he ends up fine anyways because yeah. 
Sonic is hacks. Yeah. So the next character is Bunny Rabot, and she's been in a bunch of the episodes. She was in about half the ones that we watched. Yeah. And she's voiced by Christine Cavanaugh that we've actually talked about before because she's Goslin from Darkwing Duck and Chucky from Rugrats. And I I always forget this, but she is Dexter from Dexter's Lab mm-hmm. and uh, Babe from the Babe movies and Oblina from Our Real Monsters. Yeah. And I feel like her voice in this is Goslin from Darkwing Duck. Where's Sal? She wasn't at the meeting place, so I came on back. I gotta go back. Sonic, wait. You need a power ring. Yeah, I mean, her voice is sort of similar. It's, it, she I, does a very similar I thought of it, character voice. But. Uh, you know what I thought of it as? I thought of it as more of a, like, a southern Chucky from Rugrats. Okay. It, yeah. it, was, it was like Chucky with a southern accent because, because Bunny is like a southern belle. And the yeah. character of Bunny is actually interesting because she was half roboticized, like her bottom, the bottom half of her body, and I think one of her arms, her legs and an arm, yeah, were roboticized, but the rest of her is not. Yeah, and it gives her, it gives her, you know, super strength in her arm and her and her legs. And she's a mechanic. Yeah, and she she has a, it's an interesting character design. So she has one ear that's flopped down and the other ear that's up. So it, I imagine that as sort of like if she had hair. That like hair would be covering one of her eyes and sort of almost like a, like a like a sultry but also dirty. You know, th- I'm thinking like Kaylee from from Firefly, where like okay. attractive but also kind of dirty and as attractive as like an anthropomorphic rabbit can be. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. She, she says of... a, she does a lot of like, well, what do you know, hun, and and this and that. So it's 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 most, mostly a character, but she's a fun character. The uh, next character is literally the worst character in the entire show, and I don't know why they included him. Rotor? No. Antoine. Oh, oh, Antoine, yeah. Antoine Depardieu. The voice acting is fine. It's it's Rob Paulson, who I I absolutely love. Yeah. By the way, he's got a, a podcast slash YouTube show called Talking Toots. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. It's fantastic. And this is not me plugging some other show. There's no like connection. I doubt Rob Paulson listens to our show. But if uh, he does, hey, if what's he up, does, Rob? we we love your work. We are massive fans of like everything you do. Yeah. Um, but but he he does a great job in this. And the way that I feel like I know he does a great job in this is that Antoine is annoying as shit. Yeah, he's and, terrible. He's but a he's terrible... supposed to be. I know, but this, he's this supposed is... to be irritating. What means the voice actors did a good job? This is this is what I don't understand, and this is me just nitpicking. Is like if you want to make a believable story, which I don't know how much you want to make a believable story, like an in-universe believable this story. This is anthropomorphic animals that are and yeah. robots and just an in, weird shit. Like if you you take you take the rules and the laws and the the world building that has gone on in this place, and then you you operate within those laws. Why in the hell would anyone ever take Antoine anywhere on any mission? He's a coward. He's clumsy. He usually gives them away or almost gets captured in almost every instance that he goes and does something. He's an utter failure as a freedom fighter. And the only thing he serves to do is to kind of be a a, a, a rival for Sally's love. Because he's like a royal guard. He's yeah, I mean he's interested in her and he like makes advances, but she's not interested. No, not at all. And and like I said, like that we we watched several episodes where he was included in whatever the plan was that the Freedom Fighters were doing to take out Robotnik, and he almost two a one would screw it up, trip and fall, alert 
the uh, the guards that they were there and, and just generally serve no purpose. Like why why is he there as a character? He's there to be comedic timing, I guess. He or not, not even comedic timing. He's the comic relief. Like he's supposed he's, to be, but but he's not. He's annoying. And I actually read one. Of, I read a review, and I can't remember who it's from, but they said that that uh, Antoine's character is one of the worst characters that that the person had ever seen in an animated like show. Like in terms of how annoying he was and he's how just little really poorly created, I yeah. think is part of the problem. And he's French, so he speaks with the French accent all the time, and he has a lot of malapropisms where he's he's like, "Oh, how you say?" And he'll say the wrong thing, and then they'll be like, "Oh, Antoine, oh, you actually do you mean this?" Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it's yeah. just he's a good voice actor, but just terrible character who who literally could. You could have just eliminated him from the show and you would have lost nothing and probably gained some stuff because you could have fit maybe Tails into more episodes or, or Rotor or something. Well, speaking of Rotor the Walrus, mm-hmm. uh, that character is actually voiced by two different people. So the first is Mark Ballou. And Mark Ballou is is odd because he didn't actually have a whole lot of acting credits. I mean, it was this and then he was like a, a, a minor character from Big, the the movie. Mm-hmm. And then he had some like random random scenes in like 21 jump street and roseanne and fresh prince um he's mostly in a he's mostly a director now he directed uh he was a he was a assistant director for things like mad men and californication in dexter and also worked on things like csi new york and csi la and glee and i mean so he's he's more gone that side of things but i did i did read that one of his biggest regrets in his career is giving up this role. Yeah, I remember hearing that too. And, and when it got given up... He walked away. He didn't get asked to leave. Right. He walked away from it. Yeah, when he gave it up, they picked up Cam Brainerd to to come in and, and do the voice at the end. Who He's done stuff like The Net and Clear and Present Danger and Face Off and stuff. Um, but his... Yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel like they both do a fine job, but I think Baloo does a better job. Yeah, and the character of Rotor goes from being sort of a background character to being like the guy who creates... He, he turns into their cue. He makes all of yeah. their gadgets and stuff. So he takes on more like a, like a larger role in the second season. Well, Bunny, in the early beginning part of first season, is more of the cue character. Yeah. And then that changes... She becomes like a muscle character. As a muscle character, and Rotor becomes more of the mechanic character. Yeah. And then, you know what? The character design for all these characters is weird, because you, you, I'm assuming they based it all off of just Sonic, who is a naked hedgehog with shoes. I mean, naked in that he is just a hedgehog with shoes. He has no other clothing. So you have the character of Sally, who her original character design was just, I think she's a squirrel, because her, her last name is Acorn. I think that's right. She's some kind of rodent. So you have her, and she's essentially the same as Sonic. She is. Uh, she has no clothing on except for boots. And then you have Tails, who has no clothes on except for shoes. But then you have other characters who have, like, bandoliers on. And some of them, like Antoine, who has a shirt and boots, but no pants. So that's a really weird character design decision because it just looks like he's not wearing pants. Yeah, some of these character designs are a bit odd. Yeah, and in the second season, they address it a little bit and they have the characters change, like Sally gets a vest so it doesn't look like she's just walking around nude. You know, it's like... Well, that's because they sort of gave her... her, uh, 
exact more exaggerated female uh, female features like breasts and hips and things to make her look more sexy. So they put a jacket on to kind of try to break that up a little bit. Yeah, I like uh, I liken it back to uh, I know we haven't talked about this show yet, but in Dra- or in Dragon Ball in Thundercats. In the first episode, the first, I think, two episodes of Thundercats, the Thundercats are nude. They don't have clothes because they've never needed clothes. So it's really weird to see Chitara with not, with not her, like, bathing suit top on. Yeah, ways about stuff. Yeah. And then I think in the second episode, Jaga gives them gives clothes. Them clothes. He, like, blasts them with a clothes ray and he gives them clothes because they're going to be on some harsh environment of Third Earth. So, it, like... Then they're wearing clothes, so it's like okay, now it, it seems a lot more normal. Like, but like if you go and you watch all the rest of the show without watching the opener, and then you go back and watch the opener, you're like, what? Yeah, you're like, am I, uh-huh. am I, is this like a weird like fan animation? Like, oh, this is definitely fan fiction. Am I? Am I? Yeah, yeah. Am I? Am I watching hentai right now? It's it's weird. No senpai, put it away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, yeah, yeah it's, it's, some of that's problematic. Yeah. The next character, Tails is voiced by Bradley Pierce, who is the voice of Chip from Beauty and the Beast, and Peter from Jumanji. And he actually has done a bunch of other things, but he's not really in the... uh, He's not really acting world so much anymore. I I think he's produced some some small films, and he, I think, has a uh, bartending education company now. Interesting. Yeah, weird, right? Yeah, so the, the character of Tails in this show, at least the episodes that we watched, is more... So t- Tails is a kid in this. He's like a little kid. Yeah. He's probably in your, like, like seven to ten-year-old range, because in one episode, Sally reads to him every night and, like, kisses yeah. him on the nose. So he's a little, little kid. And I remember reading that if the show had continued on, because we only got two seasons of this, if the show had continued on the direction that Tails was going to take would be more like the games. More front and center. Yeah, he was going to become more of a... Because in the games... Tails is a technical genius. Like he's he's the he is the cue of the group. He's the one that builds the machines. He flies a plane. He does all kinds of stuff uh, in the technical world. He's essentially the equivalent of Robotnik, but for the good guys. So they were gonna, I think, push him more in that direction. But we never got there, and he remains a child in this in this show. Yeah, he he doesn't really serve much of a purpose in the show either. So except in one episode, he realizes that Sally is not real. Yeah. Or not the real Sally. Yeah. Now, the next character is actually the PDA, which is Nicole. And she will sometimes communicate, and it's voiced by Kathy Susie. I, I figure we, we can skip over that. The next yeah. character I, I wanted to mention before we get into the two villains is Dulce the Dragon, who was added in the second season to sort of fill more of a role. I, yeah. I feel like they thought... It was that a the, balance thing. They wanted to have more heroines. And yeah, not, more female characters. Yeah. So that's voiced by Cree Summer, which you all know was like a crush of mine when I was a kid. Uh, it was voice of Penny from Inspector Gadget, Nell Meyer from Tiny Toons, and Maxine from Batman Beyond, and uh, she was Susie from Rugrats, and, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I found her character to be completely uninteresting completely unnecessary yeah she's really i mean she ends up she's throwaway she ends up being their transport that's what that's what she does in the show she's essentially sonic's bus driver she is because she's a dragon that can fly and they she takes them places that they they need to get to in the episode we were talking about with the floating island where they go back in time she gets them to the floating island because she can fly yeah 
I felt like, oh, okay, we want to do this concept, so we'll introduce this character just for this purpose. Now let's talk about the villains, because I have to say that... Let's discuss them in the in reverse order of what I put. So okay. first is Snively, who's Charlie Adler. Charlie Adler is Ick is from Our Real Monsters, and Buster Bunny from Tiny Toons. Eric Raymond from Gem is where we discussed him. Spike from My Little Pony, and T-Bone from SWAT Cats. And yeah. his... The- I, I think he does a great great job voice acting this character yeah the, the character's name is snively and he's like a sniveling servant essentially here it is dr robotnik enough memory to duplicate human complexity and he is the second not he's not even second in command he's just the he's, henchman he's the henchman of dr robotnik who we'll talk about in a second but throughout the second season Snively starts to assert himself more either like to the camera or just for the audience where he starts to he starts to almost rebel against Robotnik and devise his own plans and the series actually ends on, on a, a cliffhanger on a cliffhanger where it looks like Snively is going to become the villain of season 3 Yes <laughs> The big round guy Finally, let Sonic defeat him. Well, don't celebrate too soon, Hedgehog. Now, it's my turn. (laughs) And I'm not alone! And we never get that because there was never a season three. But he, uh, you find out in one of the episodes, it's actually Robotnik's nephew. And he goes along with him just because he's his nephew and he's sort of afraid of him. So he's a weird little character who's gray and doesn't have hair and has a gigantic nose. And uh, his character talks in the way that like you would think a sniveling character would talk, yes, sir, like that kind of stuff. And then we have Dr. Robotnik, who I think shoes the shit out of there's no, scenery. yeah, there's no scenery left. It's he, Jim Cummings and, you know, Darkwing and Mega Brain and Ed from The Lion King and Don Carnage and God, it's like all these different characters. Uh, Hondo from Star Wars Rebels. I mean, he's all these different characters. Yeah. And he Winnie does a the fantastic job. Yeah. yeah, everything. I mean, he's done a ton of stuff. Oh, what? Hundreds, right? Yeah, he's done he's done a lot. And I have to say that out of all the characters that he's done that I can think of, this is by far the most evil character he's done. And he goes to town with it. <laughs> How do you like my new diamond glass dome? It stinks, Robotnik! Does it indeed? Well then, perhaps we need some ventilation! Hey! Oh, bad news! (laughs) I'm afraid you can't escape, Hedgehog. Oh, I'm almost sorry that it's over. If nothing else, you have been a most worthy adversary. But in every game, there are winners and there are losers. I would 
argue you're wrong. If you include, if you include in The Lion King, when he takes over during Be Prepared for that one vocal run towards the end of the song <laughs> that you point out to me every time that we talk about it and I can't unhear it. And I pointed it out to Joy and now she's mad because she can't unhear it either. Oh, point it out, point out to, uh, point out to her that he's the one that sings, um, the song from Anastasia. He's the one that sings Christopher Lloyd's song. Yeah. He sings the whole song though. Yeah, I know. I pointed that out to her. The dark of the night. That's the one that he sings. But, I'll argue that that uh, Robotnik. You don't think is... Rasputin or or Scar no, are as evil? Oh no, I... well, because they're not committing genocide. Yeah, I so. would say that Robotnik is is more evil than the both of those because yeah, Robotnik is committing genocide against the planet for no other reason than he wants to control everything. But he dick move Robotnik. Yeah, dick seriously, move. he absolutely chews every chews the 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 scenery in every scene he's in. It's ridiculous how. It's a lot of like maniacal laughter. It's a lot of down low talking like this, and like it's just it's so great. And he even gets a little crazy. It I was, kind of makes me sad if you watch newer cartoons because they don't use voice actors who, who are doing work like this anymore. Yeah, like him and Rob Paulson, they're just not. They're using more people that are more recognizable names, and you can, which is fine, but. But you need these, like, really seasoned voice actors to just grab a role and run with it like these yeah. guys do. and we talked about this in the last episode where, and we've talked about it a lot of times before, where voice acting itself is really so different than regular acting. Yeah. And you need to be almost like a self-contained storm to be a really, really good voice actor. You need to have all that energy and and just self-direction and motivation and all of that within you and be able to be able to just like go crazy with it by yourself well, think in a about room. Charlie Adler has such a small character role in this show and his character totally runs away with it, with every scene he's in too. Yeah. And it becomes a competition between him and and Jim Cummings and so it's like you have these two great sort of voice acting powerhouses in scenes together at the same time. And then sometimes you have Antoine with Rob Paulson. You're like, holy crap, we got Jim Cummings and Rob Paulson and Charlie Adler in the same show. Like, I feel like that's not something that's going to happen much anymore. No. Which is sort of a shame. Yeah, and you'll... I know, like, we're two, like, mid-30s grown men sort of waxing about the bygone days of voice acting in the early 90s. But, but like... We're talking about like an entire genre of entertainment that I feel like is just not getting the kind of love that it used to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's sort of sad, really. Yeah. I, maybe, uh, maybe we're old curmudgeons, Sean. Maybe That's it'll, what it is. Maybe we're it'll change. Maybe it'll change. Maybe it won't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the other the other enemy. We don't have to mention the other ones. Yeah, they're, they're done by, all the robots are done by Jim Cummings or Frank Welker. And then there's another enemy that, or enemy or villain that we don't really see no, in the episode. No, but he is part of the broader Sonic yeah. universe named Nogus. And he's, he's done by Michael Bell. Yeah, and... Really, I don't think we need to get into the specifics of each episode. Just as an overall, as an overall theme, we watched the uh, the what was it? The five best episodes, I, best rated. Yeah. So here, here's what I put in, and I'll just name them off, and mm -hmm. we can do what we want with them. So, I selected for us the top five rated episodes, 
and then the bottom rated episode. And we normally do four or three, but I know that that two of the top five rated were it was part one and part two of a two parter. Yeah. So so the top rated episode is actually the last episode of the series. It's called the Doomsday Project, season two, episode thirteen. And then the second highest and fifth highest rated are both a part of a two-parter called Blast of the Past Part 1 and 2, which is from Season 2. And I wanted, originally I was going to just do Top 4, and I was like, yeah, but this is part, and I'm going to want to watch it and know what happens. Yeah. So you just put it in. And then the other two are the first two episodes. First two episodes, yeah. Aso- uh, beside the pilot. The pilot is like the technically the first one. Uh, I know what you're thinking, but actually no, this is the first episode ever released. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Kim Cartoon was wrong. Oh, well, I know. whatever. That's weird. Uh, and then the last episode is Warp Sonic. And, and it had a rating at 5.1. And for comparison, the top rated episode was 8.3. And even then, like, it was it was not a terrible episode. It was just kind of a boring episode. Yeah, it was sort of like, well, why are we here sort of yeah. episode. It, it seemed like filler. Yeah, it did seem like filler. I don't. I agree. I don't know if we need to get into the specifics of every episode. Because, because... Here's, here's what happens in, in practically every episode. Here's what happens. The Freedom Fighters, led by Sally and or Sonic, are going to essentially sabotage some, some part of Robotnik's machine. The machine of his government. The machine of his like oppression. Uh, they're going to go blow up some factory or blow up the command center or take over the... Or, or, corrupt, or destroy some new robot corrupt or Corrupt the something. computer that controls this or, or, or do, you know... And I can see why the last episode of the series is the highest rated because that's actually the one where they defeat Robotnik. And they destroy everything. They, it yeah. looks like he dies. Yeah. Actually. And, and he, they, they do it in a way... Where uh, Sonic and Sally both utilize this magical item that essentially gr- grants them both super speed, like super duper speed, and they 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 leave like Sonic Boom destruction in their wake, and they destroy everything in Robotnik's yeah. stronghold, and they destroy all the robots and all this other stuff, and that's that's basically every episode is them either trying to destroy something of. Of Robotniks are actually succeeding in destroying something of Robotniks. And then you just have Robotniks sitting there going like, I hate that hedgehog! I I will notice that by watching the first and the last and then stuff in the middle, you can definitely see a progression in the way that the episodes were written. Mm-hmm. So like in the first episode, the character has a lot more tood. Like, be mondo careful, gotta juice loose. Yeah. And all these like weird like shitty sayings that don't make any sense. And then him saying things like, so like at one point they fall down into this hole and they see this monster like off in the distance. And Sally asks, what is that? And Sonic responds with someone you never want to marry. Plus he's in a bad mood. (laughs) And, and like, so you get, you get stuff like that. So you get those sort of like one liners or like there's this other one where Sonic uses some vocal trickery to try and sound like Robotnik, mm-hmm. which actually ends up sort of funny to, to break Sally out of prison. And you get these more, more, you get more, I guess, clever writing. Yeah. And then you get it, but they're also, the stories are darker. You're dealing with characters that could die. Sometimes character like there is a character that on one of the episodes, the that, first episode, he, yeah, he, he disappears. You never see from him they again. Go, yeah, they go on with. I mean, who knows? We, maybe we should have watched other episodes, but they they go on this mission and this character sacrifices himself, gets kidnapped, and Sonic goes back to try and rescue him, and and 
He basically says, no, no, you got to go save the princess. I'll stay here. I'll be okay. And when Sonic comes back to get him, he's gone. So he's been roboticized in the meantime. And it's like... And Holy Sonic shit. does something like, at the end where he's like, that was for Cat. That was the character's name right. was Cat. It's like, it got real. Yeah. You know? In like the first episode. That was the first episode. Yeah. But then by the time we get to the end, everybody ends up okay. And everything seems less dangerous. Yeah. They even um, they even save, they have like a, a Metal Sonic, but it's his uncle who was roboticized and he looks like Metal Sonic, except with a mustache. Yeah, and old. Yeah, and they 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 uh, restore his free will at some point in an episode we didn't see, so he acts like himself again because that's what the roboticizing does. It takes away their free will. Yeah, it turns them into a robot and then takes away their free will. Yeah, which is funny because the the character of his uncle, who's like a he was like an inventor for the king. He created the roboticizer as a way uh, if to, you, prol- to prolong the life of the elderly. Yeah, so it was like it was like the San uh, San. Uh, what was that? What was that episode of Black Mirror? The San Gregorio San. Oh uh, uh, yes, the one that won the Emmy. Yeah, the the episode I can't even uh, San whatever the one where it was the two old ladies who were in like essentially the Matrix. Like that's what he was trying to create was a way for old. Older people, people to die to, in the matrix yeah or, or to have a body that would last them forever or whatever yeah. and, and he found out oh it takes away their free will so we scrapped that project but then robotnik stole it and it's like and, oh this would be great for the military yeah and the thing that sucks about this is i actually liked the show i thought that it that one of the things that it was saying was like it was creating like some of the criticism of this show was that it created something out of nothing like there's not really a storyline to to sonic the hedgehog other than robotnik is turning everyone into animals so like that's the storyline it's your it's it's essentially a, an elaborate like stole a princess type of of uh of storyline in the game so they created this whole dystopian future type uh a storyline where they they're freedom fighters and they're fighting for their lives and the lives of all the people on planet mobius and they're resisting this this demo or this despotic dictator who's hell bent on killing or roboticizing everybody. And they turned it into this real, like, like a real story that had, I thought, I mean, I thought it was entertaining. I actually liked this show. A lot. I feel like the story has, except for the sort of dumbing down a little bit that happens in se- in the second season, the, I feel like the story overall is compelling enough, mm-hmm. you know? And it's something that they actually based, uh, there was a long running Archie comic, with Sonic the Hedgehog and now, characters. Yeah, some people believe that, that, that that's what this is based off of. Or at least it got the idea of, uh, from it. But there's like no confirming of that. Yeah, and I think actually what really happened is the comic was based off of the TV show. Yeah, I, I mean, think that, that's, so. it's not like that's an uncommon yeah, it, thing. I think it was the other other yeah. way around because the comic got the idea from the series when it was still in production. Yeah, there's... And it was just like, like what we were talking about, how like... The other Sonic gets credited as being the first one because it technically got released on TV first, but this one was the first one in production. All these other projects got their idea from this. Yeah, and just kind of cool. And what's what's funny is I was reading that those characters, so they were using the characters of Princess Sally and Bunny Ro- or Bunny Rabbit and and uh, the tales from that one. They had the characters that were from this show in that Archie comic. And then it moved over uh, to IDW. And when it moved over to IDW, 
they couldn't use those characters anymore because they found out that the that the that the publishing company didn't actually own the rights to the characters. Huh. The guy who created them did. So they stopped using those characters. And now if you go to the IDW Sonic the Hedgehog comic, it's using characters from the video game. So you've got like Amy and Big the Cat and the, the weird... Which Olive. is why all those random ass yeah. characters are there instead of these ones, which are like fully fleshed out characters. Yeah, so you have Knuckles and Tails and Amy and, and Big and the, whatever the Gator's name is. I can't remember the Gator. But you have all those characters instead yeah. of the characters from this show because of a... It, it's because of an ownership copyright dispute. Which sucks because Sally is a really interesting character and so is Bunny. And they're both actually compelling characters. And I would argue that... Because I've seen a little bit of the newer Sonic stuff, and Amy's dumb. She's irritating. Well, and... she's just a Sonic fangirl who right. wants and it's to like, marry him. Exactly. And so it's like, okay. Hits things with a mallet. So, so she's boring. You know what I mean? She's one-dimensional. And even, I, I would even say, as much as I hate Antoine, I would say that I haven't read the comics, but if they fleshed out his character a little bit, he might, even though he's annoying, he might be more compelling. Because when you think about it, like, let's go back to Star Wars. When you think about it, C-3PO is annoying as fuck. He is an annoying-ass character. But he has backstory, and you care about him because he has relationships, like, established relationships with other characters. Well, and ultimately, even though C-3PO is annoying as shit, you... He still means well. Yeah, you like care Antoine about Antoine means well. He screws up sometimes because he's terrified and he's a little bitch. But but like if I, I and I'm wondering if they did. I would hope that they did. If if I had gone and read the Archie comics where they delve into those characters a little more, and if there was some arc or some some part where they delve into Antoine's character a little more and explain like why he's afraid of everything. Or like what his life was as a palace guard, because he grew up with them in the in the in the episode that we watched where they go back in time, it's it's shown that that uh, they all grew up together. All the main characters in the show all grew at, up like, together. like as early as age five. Yeah, they were all together at age five. You had Sonic and Sally and Rotor and Antoine and Bunny. All of them together were friends. So. Well- if you had more stuff like that, I feel like it would be uh, you had you would have I a more like, meaningful character. Well, and I feel like it's sort of a shame we didn't get the third season either because yeah, it ended uh, on a freaking cliffhanger. It ended on a cliffhanger, and I was reading that the writer uh, Ben Hurst had said that the red eyes that they show at the end were actually the uh, the character Nagus that they showed in like the one episode. Yeah, the evil wizard. He's from another dimension or something, and that the plans were for the third season that Snively was going to try to retake control of Robotropolis, but fail. And then when he was uh, on the verge of losing... Um, he was going to release Nog- Nogus. Yeah. Well, that Nogus, who was torturing Robotnik, and then uh, he was going to free Nogus, and in the process, free, free Robotnik and King Acorn, because Sally's father, the king, was trapped in that other dimension with him. And then Nogus would assume control and starts his, his command trying to lure Sally into uh into capturing her by using the king as bait by the way we never mentioned that and then robotnik would become his lackey yeah and snively now is like some nobody ends up defecting to the freedom fighters and hearst i guess had said that uh other developments would have come along between the relationship between sonic and tails like what we were talking about earlier yeah they would become more like the the game uh-huh. and and uh, the reason that the show got canceled was because it wasn't doing well in the ratings compared to mighty morphin power rangers i think it, it got beat by well this was on on saturday mornings and mighty morphin power rangers was after well, school it got show. it got beat by something 
And it was uh, it, it was just not renewed by by ABC. They didn't go for the third season, which it, it just ends up being one of those shows that ends on a cliffhanger. At least it's not like a like oh my god, what's going to happen to the main characters cliffhanger? Yeah, like, I mean it's not like Firefly or Alf. Oh <laughs> yeah, where Alf right? is <laughs> the the assumption is that Alf gets dissected and killed by the government agents because <laughs> that's how the that's how the whole series ends. He gets captured by the government. But I still don't understand how that show ended on a cliffhanger when the show was so popular. I don't know either. That, that, that like baffles my mind. It's kind of like how Rick and Morty didn't get renewed. I was like, that show was massively popular this you, last year. How did it not get a, a actual renewal? You know what confuses me about Alf more than that? Aside from just the overall popularity of that show in general. Is that his name was Gordon Shumway. And Alf stood for alien life form. And they fucking called him Alf all the time. The family called him Alf. They never called him Gordon or Gordo or anything like but that. But his name is Gordon. His name is Gordon. Gord- I'm Gordon Shumway from the planet Melnac. Like, he- that was his name. But they all just called him Alf. It's like if we went somewhere and they would be like, what's up, human? Yeah. I have a name. Oh, that's fine, human. Like, it was just like, that was a family that it's was just supposed to. like a throwaway. To- yeah, it was the family that was supposed to love him. But it's they like never naming used your his- pet dog. Yeah, it's it's those assholes that never named their Pokemon. Yeah, fuck those guys. I never named my Pokemon. <laughs> you're a, you're a fucking monster. Well, well, see, I always give them weird names. Oh, of course you did. Yeah, of course I did. But yeah. the, the, but at least the show didn't end on a on a cliffhanger where you didn't know what was going to so happen to the characters. Do you characters. think that the rate that the the episodes the way that they're ranked? Do you think that it was proper? I felt like some of them were. I actually really liked the first episode. I did too. I don't feel like that the the season finale, the one that's the the series finale is the one that's highest rated. I don't think No, I I think I that, feel like the 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 first episode is better. I feel like the reason that people rank it so high is because they actually defeat Robotnik. I think that's why it's rated so high. It's like cathartic. You hardly ever, you hardly ever in a cartoon see an episode where the main and the main protagonist soundly and and completely defeats the the antagonist. You rarely see that in a That's show. That's true, and it's nice to see, but like if you're just talking about just sort of raw well, yeah, like quality, you, I feel like the first and second episodes, Sonic Boom and Sonic and Sally, the one where Sally gets sort of almost turned into a robot, like those are great episodes. Yeah, and I think too, like the the problem with the last episode is that everything's rushed. Everything's rushed. I remember I was watching it and I was like, how are they going to, how are they going to like resolve all of this? It did feel like it was in a hurry. Yeah. And, and I think they realized like, crap, we got to, we got to flesh out this episode and, and, and finish it up. And it was just like the ending just sort of came out of nowhere. Some of the episodes feel just a little rushed in general. I mean, I think it's just the nature of one, the character. Yeah. Because he's so fucking hacks and everybody else in his team is so hacks and there's never really any danger that like it's pretty easy to propel the story along when there's really no actual challenge. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel like I feel like they could maybe because they 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 have a show right now uh that god I can't remember the name of it, but there's a Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon out right now that is by all accounts actually halfway decent. Um that's the one that I think it's the if it's the one I'm thinking of. I I remember watching a couple episodes maybe about five years ago or no something. no no it's it's out now it's like yeah yeah maybe it's still the same thing I, I whatever I don't know I, I I must not be knowing what's out so uh, yeah it's Sonic Boom I want to say all right sure I'll go with that I don't uh, I will not dispute your your current Sonic the Hedgehog knowledge <laughs> yeah. 
But so ultimately, what did you think of this show? I, I showed this to Eleanor, by the way. Did she like it? She did like it. She wasn't like losing her mind over it, but she she did go running through the house afterwards because Sonic runs fast. Yeah, so she thought that was cool, but. I don't know. I feel like speaking of the the new show, uh, the, it is called Sonic Boom. One of the jokes that I love from that show is Sonic gets a speeding ticket, and he's like, "God damn it, another speeding ticket!" And he's like, "Well, why don't you go fight it?" And then Sonic says something to the effect of, "I don't think the judge is going to accept. Got to go fast as an excuse." <laughs> like, like it has it has in jokes like that where he like at, at some point he references like things like like characters that. Uh, like so uh, the, the writing's the good, original then. characters that people create of him on the internet. He's like, there's a lot of weird stuff about me on the internet that I don't like to talk about. Like he references stuff like oh, that. Okay. So, oh, that's I, interesting. Yeah, I was actually thinking that you could make this show work again because there already is a Sonic show that's on right now. It's 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 current. Uh, oh, maybe have like an alternate universe. Well, not even an alternate universe. Like you could have it. You could have these characters show up and have them be characters from Sonic's past that the other characters do- like maybe Sonic and Tails remember them. But the they're other from character- it, well because this is on another planet, so that yeah. would explain how Sonic is with a bunch of humans on Earth. Yeah, and you could have you could have that because the other characters in the show is like Knuckles and Amy's and, and and other characters, so you could have them like be oh yeah these are well I think part of it is the rights thing that you were talking about. Yeah, it I, is. It is. I, they'd have to get the rights for those other characters, which yeah. have sort of lapsed over time. So yeah, but but it's it's clear that these characters are are still popular enough to warrant a show because there is a show out right now. That, that has these characters. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like a, could this show work today? It, it's just like a totally different, it's a product of a different time. I feel like some of the subject matter, the story was good, but there's stories that they couldn't tell today. No, Because of the, the unique nature of our current geopolitical world. Yeah, you could You can't be telling stories about freedom fighters uh, setting off bombs against a... Uh, a totalitarian yeah you you just can't it's literally it's literally a story that you can't tell without catching too much shit you mean you can't tell the story of a young child whose family is killed by an imperialistic government who then goes on to join a radical religious organization and take part in a military strike against said government okay we get it it's star wars (laughs) (laughs) it's star wars you're right (laughs) You've ruined it forever. Yeah. It so, is. So, uh, yeah, I think it could work today because it is working. Um, so, Eleanor liked it. She went running around she the house. She did, but did you enjoy it? I, I, mean- I actually really enjoyed it. I Like, so much of the stuff, it, it, it's one of those shows where if it hadn't been canceled because of ratings, I probably could have seen it being canceled because of violence. It reminded me of a lot of those shows that, that happened in the late eighties that ended up getting canceled because they were so violent, like your GI Joes and your Thundercats and your, your, your shows that, that not necessarily, they weren't always violent, but like they were just, they were just it was sort more of, like they were okay with violent. Yeah, and and that's like, what the hey, show it's was. Cool. It's like it's like cool. they were they were blowing stuff up. They were attacking, and that was one of the benefits. You know, that was like the the Ninja Turtles thing, where instead of it being instead of it being uh, guys in, in they were robots, so they, they were robots, so they could yeah, and they made a point to say like, oh god, these guys are robots. Let's use our weapons. Well, so, now the idea of 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 heroes hitting or anything is just like unacceptable. Yeah, and like the United States. So they, I don't think it could, they could ever show this on TV because parents would be like, Oh, see, they use violence and violence is never the answer. And you know, we want them to talk it out and get tell that to the greatest generation. Yeah. I mean, alcoholism ran rampant then, but it's all good. (laughs) I mean, it's fine. Uh, 
Yeah. But I, you know, I don't, I feel like there's nothing wrong with this kind of level of violence, like at no. all for small kids. I see no problem with it. I think we kind of, I think as a culture, maybe we went, and this is just like me kind of going off on a tangent as a, as a dad of a, of a toddler, soon to be elementary school kid. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like, you know, first we were in like one direction uh-huh. and then we swung way to the other side. The pendulum might be swinging back. And I think I'm hoping that the pendulum swings back and kind of rests somewhere in the middle. Yeah. We're like, let your kid explore, let them get hurt. And those are okay things to do. Let them eat Don't bugs. stand underneath them on the monkey bars. But at the same time, don't encourage your kid to, ha- your kid to have a stiff upper lip and go punch the- some kid in the face. Like maybe there's a happy medium between punch the bully and these d- touch the dolly where the words hurt you. you know? yeah, yeah. Maybe there's something in the middle of that. I, I think and this show, I feel like this show and a lot of the shows of its time for me sort of are somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. which is why I for sure think that the, these kind of shows of the early 90s and late 80s are great for for little kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it sort of satisfies, it sort of satisfies that. I, I was talking to my wife about that, about something else, this idea that, that kids need a sense of like freedom and adventure in some of their storytelling it was in reference to the Dennis the Menace uh, yeah. episode that we did. It's a sort of similar idea that I think, yeah, this isn't about kids going on adventures, but it's like the way that they're solving the problems is like they're actually going out there and solving shit and making things happen, you know, hmm. instead of telling an adult. Yeah. You know? Oh, so, that's good. I, I don't know. But I ultimately, I like the show. I didn't mean to, to go off on a tangent here. No, I, I liked it too. And I, I'm glad we watched it because... Uh, like I said, I remember this show, but I don't remember specifics of it. And I think older me appreciates the show a lot more than younger me did. Not that the younger me did not appreciate the show. Older me, current me, yeah. is like, yeah, I can see a lot of like benefit from this show. It's like, the, the story was good. The the animation was halfway decent. The voice acting was pretty good. Uh, Char- or, uh, Jim Cummings is just amazing, like yeah. always. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did this. And uh yeah. This is a fun one. I know we, we took a break, but yeah, we got other stuff. So if you uh, if you like this episode, you want to talk to us about it, you want to request another show, we like doing uh, user requests. If you want to uh, talk about this or any other episode, you can always go to our website, childhoodremastered.com. We have all of our social media links on there. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we can You can send us an email. We have a Gmail address, childhoodremastered at gmail.com. Voicemail voicemail we actually have a reddit too a subreddit if you want to yeah. go on there there's, no, just, there's nothing there's on there nothing on there but if yeah. you want to go on there and talk about any of the episodes you can do that there uh we're part of a podcast network it's called acpn you can check acpnet.net yep there's lots of shows over there yeah. yeah there's actually i was checking out one of the shows uh today it's called cosmic cast off it's a it's a uh audio drama about a about a DJ who I think it's a radio guy who goes and 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 explores like weird stuff that goes on around the town. You should check it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna check out a couple episodes. The concept seemed pretty cool to oh, me. Oh yeah. So uh, you can check that out. Like like Chris said, it's acpnet.net. And uh, we want to make sure we thank uh, John Howarth for the use of our intro mm-hmm. music. The song is Nascent. You can find a link to his SoundCloud on our website under the music section. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's gonna do it. So uh, 
This was fun. Yeah. And uh, until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time.